Hey, thanks so much for listening to Sandals Church. Our vision as a church is to be real with ourselves, God, and others. We hope you enjoy this message. For me, finding wisdom in God's word is life-giving. Recently, I lost my brother. My world was completely shattered. God showed up in the aftermath. I thought that I would not even want to pick up the Bible. I wouldn't want to seek God, but I had so much time where I wanted to be alone with God. When I was reading the words and, and the stories, and especially like something like Proverbs, gave me comfort, gave me comfort, gave me hope, gave me peace, and just calmed my heart honestly. Hey guys, if you're attending a campus or watching online, I just want to welcome you back to Sandals Church. Uh, This is a great weekend to be here because we're launching a new series called Unbreakable. Basically, how do we survive and even thrive in the middle of a broken world? And you know, when the chaos and stuff feels like it's crashing in on you, you need something in your life. You need more, something more than money. Uh, You need something more than control. God says we need wisdom. We need, in the, when the world is full of chaos, we need a heart that's full of wisdom. The problem is people aren't born with wisdom, right? Uh, that's, that's the problem. And just because you're getting older doesn't mean you're getting wiser. You know, just go, like, I love to ask my friends at work at the emergency room, you know, like, what's something you've seen lately? Because it's always crazy, like at the emergency room. And the, the thing is, people come in and it's stuff they did to themselves. You know, they're just like, I wasn't thinking. They're sawing off, you know, branches and they will saw off the branch they're standing on. That happens all the time. Uh, <laughs> Wisdom protects you from you, you know? Like you've ever done anything that's so stupid, you're like, I got nobody to blame but me. Uh, when I was in sixth grade, my buddy came to school and he came, and he didn't have a black eye. He had like, his face was purple. His eye was swollen shut. You know, it was one of those, that you couldn't like ignore it. You just had to be like, dude, what happened to your face? And he's like, man, I was practicing baseball and my tee, you know, the tee ball. And outside my sister kept throwing the basketball and like messing it up. My little sister kept throwing the basketball at me and I got angry. And so next time she threw the basketball up, I decided to hit the basketball with the baseball bat. And so I learned a couple of things that day. You don't hit a basketball with a baseball bat. That's like Newton's third law of motion, all right? But I learned a good life lesson. And that's this, that, you know, life is kind of 10% what happens to us. And it's 90% how we react to it. Our reactions, a lot of times, are our problems. Uh, if you go to the ER, that's called a self-inflicted wound, okay? And, and let me tell you, that's what I feel like's happened the last couple of years. And, and don't get me wrong, man, the last couple of years, we've had a lot of chaos thrown at us, right? I mean, there was COVID. We didn't even have time to grieve Kobe. You know, then there was COVID and murder hornets, you know, and war. Uh, I mean, at one point, this is weird, right? Like at one point we had a guy walking around the Capitol that looked like a patriotic centaur from Chronicles of Narnia, you know? Like that's a little weird. Even the book of Revelation is like, well, obviously we're not gonna put that in there, you know? We want people to believe this book. Uh, so that was a little strange and, and people lost their mind. Like it was chaotic and it was, it was, you know, there was trouble, but people lost their mind. And I watched my friends inflict self-inflicted wounds on them. I watched our culture, our world. I mean, let me give you an example. We went without toilet paper for like six months, right? That wasn't COVID's fault, right? That was, we lacked wisdom. People quit their jobs. People quit their marriages. People quit their community. You know, people moved all, you know, and, and don't get me wrong, man. Some people moved to Tennessee because they had a five-year plan to move to Tennessee. But some people moved because their church stopped serving coffee, you know? And I watched my friends bring trouble on themselves because they didn't have wisdom. Proverbs 19 says this, people ruin their lives 
by their own foolishness and then are angry at the Lord. Isn't that our culture? You know, we don't want to turn around and blame, you know, leaders or God or whoever. I mean, nobody goes to court and be like, your honor, I punched myself in the face, you know. Uh, God says, even that kind of wisdom is not the best wisdom. Like when you're a victim, you don't even learn in hindsight kind of wisdom. Uh, but to be honest, I don't want hindsight. You know, hindsight's too late. God says there's another kind of wisdom, biblical wisdom. Because I think within the last couple of years, I saw a different type of person. Uh, even though it was chaotic and even though they went through trials, they were calm, they were anchored, you know, uh, they didn't run to fear or to, to greed. They were principled. And it was almost like, even though it was chaotic, it was like they surfed the chaos. You know, we all got splashed. I, and I know that you've had some things happen to you. We all got wet, but they didn't drown. And they walked through the fire. See, you need wisdom because there's more chaos coming. There's more storms coming. And just because you've been a Christian for a long time doesn't mean you're growing in wisdom. I've, I think wisdom, hindsight wisdom is not the best wisdom. The best wisdom is the wisdom that's passed down. And, and I tell my kids stories of when I failed all the time. First of all, because they love it and they laugh and it's, you know, they actually listen. But I want to pass down wisdom to them so they don't make the same mistakes. Uh, in 2006, there was a professor named Randy Posh at Carnegie Mellon, and he was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. And the doctors they actually gave him six months to live. And, you know, imagine what you would do. You're given six months to live. And what I think is interesting is he didn't go for money or figure out his will or his inheritance. What Randy Posh did is he wrote a book, and it was called The Last Lecture. He passed on wisdom. He said, the best thing I can do for my kids is to pass on wisdom to them and record wisdom for them. You know, wisdom is an inheritance that, that most people didn't get. Uh, maybe you didn't have parents or believing parents that passed down biblical wisdom to you. But here's the good news. You have a father, a perfect father, uh, who doesn't just have 50-year wisdom or 100-year wisdom. Your father in heaven has eternal wisdom. And here's the best news in the world is that God wrote a book and there's a place to go for wisdom right, right next to you in your bed. There, there's, a, there's a book there's, right next to your desk. There, there are pages and pages of the wisdom of God, the heart of God. It's a window into God. And within this book, there's a book called Proverbs. And the book of Proverbs is actually a Solomon, a father, writing to his son about how to have an unbreakable life in a broken world. If you haven't read the Bible or you don't know where to start, the Proverbs is actually a great place to begin because they're so simple. And you can apply them right away. You know, Proverbs won't save your soul, but it'll keep you alive. Let's, let's listen to Proverbs 2. This is one of the first things Solomon says to his son. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. Where do you think God stored up this wisdom? In a book. He stored it up for us. And it says, he is a shield to, to those who walk in integrity. And this wisdom will guard your path. It guards the path of justice and it watches over the way of the saints. Wouldn't you love to have somebody guarding your path you know, your own private security called wisdom, guarding your path. And it says then, more than that, you will have understanding of righteousness, justice, and equity 
and every good path. Wisdom not only guards your life, but it guides your life and it helps lead you to unbroken life. You know, I've been teaching my son how to drive this summer, getting him started. And uh, it's been hilarious, man. I only had to grab the wheel like three times, but, uh, and it's, you know, I'm there, like I'm there to catch him. Wouldn't you love to have like wisdom just grabbing the wheel once in a while? Just like, man, don't, don't say that, right? <laughs> you know, don't drink that, right? Don't buy that. Like that's what wisdom does. But the problem is we haven't, we haven't read it. We haven't gained wisdom. Proverbs four says this, and it's so smart of God to put this at the beginning. It says the beginning of wisdom is get wisdom. I mean, it's sad that he has to say that, but the, begin, the wisest thing to do is to get wisdom. You wonder who, how people get wise. Well, they get wisdom and it says, though it costs you all that you have, get understanding. And listen, what I've seen is it's gonna cost you one way or the other to get wisdom. Our problem is a lot of times we don't change into the cost is life or death. Uh, now, if you know me, you know this, uh, I can't swim. Okay, I, I can't swim. And yeah, every time I tell people that they react, like they're like, oh my gosh, you know, like you can't swim. Are you an idiot? You know, like they act like I confessed to drunk driving, you know, with a baby in the car or whatever. It's like, no, I can't swim. And I'm gonna tell you why I can't swim. Okay, it's because I grew up in Oklahoma and we were poor. I didn't have a swimming pool. My friends didn't have swimming pools. Our town didn't even have a swimming pool. We had to go to like another town. And it was always like, 80 kids in a 30 foot pool. I mean, it was chaos. You know, there was like people bleeding and kissing and pooping and you would never find somebody drowning. You know, it's like a wet mosh pit. And it was like, no. So I said, no. And my plan, my new plan was don't fall in. Okay. Just don't fall in the deep end. And then we moved to California. So now I'm around water all the time, you know, and, and I had kids. And I think once I had kids, I thought, well, man, they might fall in. So you know what I did? I learned, it's ugly, but now I can kind of swim, you know? You know what I've never heard I don't, in my whole life? Someone say, oh, I've never read the, the Bible. I've re never read the New Testament. I've never heard someone respond and go, oh my gosh, are you kidding? Do you realize how much danger you're in? You're driving drunk, I'll teach you. Nobody says that, you know why? because we don't really believe we need it until it's too late. And let me tell you something, you're gonna need wisdom. It's gonna cost you one way or the other. You just need it ahead of time. I want you to write this down if you're taking notes. God's word is a life or death pursuit. And, and, and that might sound dramatic, but that's how the Bible talks about wisdom, is that wisdom is a life or death pursuit. Proverbs eight says this, whoever, and it's wisdom speaking, saying whoever finds me, finds life and obtains favor from the Lord, but he who fails to find me injures himself. There's your self-inflicted wound. All who hate me love death. Now I know you don't love death, but you, what you don't realize is that you're in the deep end right now. Your kids are in the deep end right now. You're, you're walking through a minefield and sin, sin's goal is not just to slow you down, but it wants to kill you. It wants to destroy you. If you go um, to a country like Afghanistan or Egypt, especially Egypt, and you walk around a city like Cairo, you'll notice eventually that people, that you'll see people missing an arm. Uh, you'll see people missing a leg, missing a hand. And that's because Egypt has 23 million landmines 
buried in the nation of Egypt. It's 20% of the world's landmines are in Egypt. That means uh, 22% of their landmass is riddled with landmines. That's like one in five steps you take in Egypt. Talk about walking on eggshells, <laughs> all right? Now here's some tragic things about it. Somebody wrote a map where all those mines were, but it's been lost. It's been lost. And here's the other tragic thing. You know what's underneath those areas that are riddled with landmines? You know what's underneath the ground? Water, oil, agriculture. See, wisdom is not just helping you avoid death, but it's, it's the path to life. It's the ma- this is what Proverbs 14 says. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life. Right, every movie you watch is a map to the fountain of youth. You want the fountain of youth, it's right here. It's a fountain of life that one may turn away from the snares of death. The Bible, it's in every hotel. I mean, it's the most printed, sold, smuggled, stolen book in all of history, but we neglect it. Now, when my dad passed away, uh, my mom, she needed to do something therapeutic. So she joined this uh, writer's club in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and she began writing. Uh, and what came out of her though, it's funny, like she started writing this mystery murder Western novel, which is not like what you picture grandma, you know, writing. You know, she's an office admin by day and like Tolkien at night. She had this whole like <laughs> fictitious town, who murdered who, and uh, she started sending me chapters and chapters and chapters and pages and, pa- and y'all, it was like thousands of pages. Okay, (laughs) now this is my mom's book, but we're talking thousands of pages. So guess what happened? I didn't read it. You know, I tried to start, but man, it's like, it's long. And she would come visit. Here's the bad part. She'd come visit and she'd be like, we'd talk about something deep. And she'd be like, oh yeah, that's just like Carl in my book. And we'd we'd have to be like, what? You know? (laughs) I learned a new abbreviation. You know, it's TLDR. If somebody texts you that, you know what that means? Too long, didn't read. All right. And that's me all the time. If you text me and it goes off that little notification screen, I didn't see it because it's too long. All right. And, and that's me all the time. But I miss important things. Like if it's two paragraphs, yeah, I definitely didn't see it. Uh, but man, a lot of people approach the Bible and they went, it's just too long. Like, and, and I got a little glimpse, a little taste of heaven, you know, that day with my mom, because you realize in heaven, you're gonna run into some of these people that wrote these books. Like it's, you're gonna be there a long time. And you know, eventually Obadiah, you're gonna, you know, he's gonna walk up and you're like, hey, Obadiah. And he's just gonna go, you didn't read it, did you? You're like, no, you're like, it was one chapter. <laughs> you know, he has to say that all the time. So I spent some money right? And I bought my mom's books, two volumes on Amazon. I bought my mom's book and I said, you know what? I'm going to try. Like I'm going to make a new effort. And and so I want you to write this down. Maybe that's how you approach the Bible, but I want to challenge you to stop making all these excuses and start making an effort this year. So, you know what? I need to start making an effort to gain God's wisdom. You know, wisdom is not a promise to us as believers. You're saved by grace through, through faith in God's son, Jesus, his work on the cross, that is a gift, that's a promise, but wisdom is not. God tells us to seek wisdom. God tells us, I mean, kings of the earth came to hear the wisdom of Solomon. God tells us to seek wisdom. He tells us to dig for it like it's a treasure. God tells us to buy it and don't sell it, ask for it, but not everybody has it. 
because we tell, I tell myself things like, well, I'm not a reader. You know, a lot of guys say, well, I'm not a reader. Well, be creative. You know, have fun with it. Hear God's word preached at a great church. Uh, you know, now if you have a smartphone, you can get an app and just hit a button and it will read it to you. You can listen to God's word as you work out or do whatever. Uh, my kids love something called the Bible Project. It's videos that someone has put together that explains and unpacks the major themes of every you know, book in the Bible. Be creative. Maybe you're saying, I don't have time. You know, like I don't have, I don't have, can't find time to read God's word or, you know, and, and I'm not going to give you some guilt trip about how much time you spend on Instagram, you know, and all that. But let me tell you this, the Bible's probably not as long as you think it is. Uh, some of you, you know, my, my son's read the whole Harry Potter series. If you've read that whole series, you've read the Bible one and a half times. The Bible's not as long as you think it is. My little sister was going on a road trip. And so she bought the audio book, Count of Monte Cristo, you know, the audio book. It's like 60 hours, you know? And I said, well, you know, the Bible's only 70. She's like, really? I mean, it's achievable. There's some things you can't do. Like you can't watch all the YouTube videos right now. If everybody stopped uploading videos, there's like a hundred thousand years of YouTube. You can't get to the end of that. You're probably not gonna get to the end of Instagram, but you can finish the Bible in three days. Isn't that amazing? You know, that, that God is infinite, but his word to us is not. So I must make time. You can make time to read and learn. Even Jesus spent time learning God's wisdom and his word. Maybe you go to the Bible and you go, man, I, it's just intimidating. Sometimes I feel like I don't understand it. And this is the best news of all. Man, God's there to help you. Just like when I was teaching my son uh, to drive, you know, I'm right next to him in the passenger seat. And it, what's funny is the first question people always ask me is, well, whose car did you take? And honestly, I didn't think about it till we were out there. I probably would have take, taken my wife's car, but I took my truck. And I didn't really think about it till we're like dodging poles and curbs, you know. And it's a test of faith, right? To ride as a passenger. <laughs> we just finished a whole series on prayer. I could have saved us a lot of time. I just put you in a car with a teenager for 30 minutes. <laughs> You'd been praying. But, uh, or if you trust, you ever trust somebody with your car? You're like, okay, 10 and two, buddy, 10 and two, you know? And then you're like, you know what? I'll just drive you. I was going to quit my job anyway. I'll just drive you. Because you're invested, right? You're invested in that car. Well, God is invested in you. Like he spent his son, he's invested in you. He loves you and he's there to help you. Number three is this, God promises to help us understand his word as we read it. Proverbs two says this, it's the Lord that gives wisdom and from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. Uh, you know, I wanna teach you something that I've always wanted to teach. It's three kind of three, you know, theological ideas about how God, God has protected his word. And the first way, if we had a flashlight, this would be cool. You know, God has inspired his word. Like his power came down. It wrote through these human authors, but it was God inspiring them. Even though it was their personality, their sense of humor, their style, their time in history, it was a miracle. To have 40 authors, 1500 years, you know, three languages to have one message, that was God's first miracle. But God also protected his word when it was translated into languages. You know, the Bible's translated into 3000 languages now on planet earth. And we have good translations of the Bible. You know, I was at church one time with my fr friend and the pastor was talking for like 10 minutes about this Greek word, you know, kaleo. Like he did all this study on kaleo. It means to know God. Talked for 10 minutes about kaleo. It means to know God. And finally at the end of the sermon, my friend leans over. He's like, I think I'm gonna give that guy my Bible. I was like, why? He's like, cause mine, it would save him a lot of time. Mine just says to know God, you know? <laughs> 
I don't know why he goes through all that work. Somebody translated it. You know, one of the reasons I don't use a lot of Greek and Hebrew, like when I teach is because I want you to know, you can trust your Bible. Like you have a good translation. You might want to get something that's easier to read, like a New Living Translation, NIV, ESV. These are great translations. God's protected it. But here's the third thing, and you've probably never heard this word, but if we had a flashlight, we would turn it back upward because the third way God protects his word is called illumination. As we read God's Holy Spirit in us, the last miracle is he helps us understand. John 16, 13 says this, when the spirit of truth comes, he, God himself, the Holy Spirit will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but he will tell you what he has heard and he will tell you about the future. You need to read lots of scripture so that the Holy Spirit can help you put pieces together, but you can pray and ask God to steer you into truth as you read. And what's great is, man, when you get in the word and you begin to pray, you and God start having a conversation because this book is not a dead ancient book, it's living. Hebrews four says this, the word of God is living and active. It's sharper than any double-edged sword and it penetrates dividing soul and spirit, joint and marrow. And here's what it says, that it can even judge your thoughts and the attitudes of your heart. When you read the Bible, all of a sudden the Bible starts to read you. And all of a sudden you're having a conversation with God and he's able to give you wisdom. Now, I think the last thing is it just comes down to, are we motivated? We need kind of a new motivation to read God's word. And I'm gonna tell you what, it doesn't come from guilt. I think too many churches have tried to make people feel guilty about not reading their Bible, or maybe you have. And can I just tell you a secret? Some of you aren't gonna like this. Uh, you don't have to read your Bible. And no one can make you feel guilty for not reading the Bible. You know why? Because most Christians in history did not have what you have. This is really a privilege of the last 500 years. You know, you, you don't need wisdom to go to heaven. You just get there before the rest of us, but you don't need wisdom, okay? So number four, I want you to write this down, but here's a better motivation. The life that you want, the life that you really want comes from knowing and obeying God's word. That's why you need to read. Proverbs 3 says, the last thing, the father says to the son, my son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep these commandments because here's what it'll do. Length of days and years of life, it will add to you. Peace, it will add to your life. God wants to add to your life. Solomon appeals to this future picture, this you know, preferable future of peace and unbrokenness in the middle of a chaotic world. That's what God wants to give to you, but you need wisdom first. My son, you know, he's going into high school and we, we finally gave him an iPhone made him wait longer than all his friends. You know why we waited this long? It's because we wanted him to have the wisdom to handle what we were about to give him. If I gave it to him before that, I might hurt him. You know when we're gonna let our kids drive a car? When they have the wisdom to drive a car, right? That's when they get it. Otherwise they'll hurt somebody themselves or somebody else. Maybe God, can't give you the things that you want, the miracle that you pray for, the things you dream of, because you don't have the wisdom yet. And he loves you enough not to give you those things until you have the wisdom to handle them. Do you ever see an opportunity that comes up in your life and you go, man, this is, an op this is a doorway into everything I want. Like this moment 
is a moment I can't miss because everything I want's on the other side of this interview, this opportunity, whatever it is. You ever had one of those moments? I got to watch this happen uh, in the life of this kid that I discipled. His name is Brian, and I met him when he was a freshman, and he was in my discipleship group for years. And Brian's like, he grew up overseas, a missionary kid. Uh, he's an engineer, he's kind of skinny, kind of awkward, you know. Uh, but he got a crush on this girl who was in my wife's Bible study. And, you know, she was mature, she's godly, she's kind, uh, she's beautiful, she looks like a Disney princess, okay? And so I sat Brian down and I did what a loving mentor would do. I said, you got no chance, okay? Don't even try. No way. Look, look at her, you know, look at you. But he's like, I'm gonna ask her anyway. So he asked her, she said yes, okay? I was more surprised than anybody. She said yes. And I'm like, this is a big deal. Brian, this is like everything you want. You know, we're listening like Eminem, lose yourself. Like this is your moment, your shot, dude. Like we're getting pumped up. And then I'm like, I realize there's a problem. I'm like, wait a minute, bro. You know, you, he grew up in Russia. I'm like, have you ever been to this restaurant that you're taking her to? He's like, no. I'm like, have you been downtown Riverside ever? He's like, no. And then I'm like, wait, do you, do you even have a car? He's like, no, you know? <laughs> And so you can't drive. I'm like, oh my gosh, we got to have a whole new plan. First of all, you need to borrow a car, not mine, but you go borrow a car. Uh, and then we're going to Google, okay? And I want you to Google and drive this map on Google. Like you need to study this map, you know, because that day there's going to be a farmer's market set up or there's going to be cleaning the streets. There's not going to be parking and you, you need to be ready. Like you need to learn every alley, all right, in downtown. We're going to practice. Like I made him get on Google streets and practice driving it. And here's why, because I know when that girl, like when, you know, Princess Jasmine gets in the car, I'm like, your brain's not going to work. Yeah, you're gonna be driving drunk. And so listen, I'm like, listen, but your future, like your future is in this map, right? You need to study this map. Now, here's the cool thing. I got to tell that story at their wedding. And first of all, I said, you know, engineers do the impossible. That's what happened. This guy did the impossible. But we have a picture of their family with their children on our fridge. And it's a beautiful picture of this future. And, and what I wish, I could show you is a picture of your life with wisdom 10 years from now, 20 years from now, a life that's ready for the storms that you're gonna face, a life that's anchored, a life that other people come to, that you're not just blessed, but you're able to bless others with wisdom to make wise decisions, wise friends, that you could surf the chaos and get to the place you really want. We need a vision like that. But to get us there, God wrote a book. In this series, we're gonna talk about six really practical areas of life. Invite your friends. We're gonna go through Proverbs, but listen, the only way for you to have an unbreakable life in this broken world is to get God's wisdom. Let's pray. God, the wisest thing we can do is to not store up money or more connections or more security and all those things. God, the wisest thing we can do is to get wisdom. God, you love us and you invite us to pursue wisdom with your help. You've given us one of the greatest tools. You wrote a book. God, in front of us, in our lap, in our pocket, next to our bed, we have pages and pages of God the wisdom of God. Help us, Lord, start a new effort 
with new motivation. Help us to dig and study. And, and in times of chaos, God, we need this anchor. We need your wisdom. Lord, your wisdom guards us, it guides us. It's a shelter for us to run to, not for a, a pain-free life or even an easy life, but it leads us by your grace into the unbreakable life. So would you speak to us in the next few weeks? Give us wisdom, and it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen.